Hey there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm Christian, and in this 37th episode, we're going to talk about conflicts, or rather, how to navigate conflicts productively in teams, or as we sometimes like to say, addressing the elephant. Now, there's some backstory to this episode that I think is worth mentioning. Barry and I have been working together for a few years now under the Liberators, and we've had our fair share of conflicts just like any other group of people working together. Sometimes our conflicts were visible. We had different ideas, we expressed a difference, and then we resolved it. But at other times it took a while to discover that there was a conflict in the first place. For example, one person was unhappy with something but didn't want to make a fuss over it. And that drained a tiny bit of energy from our work together. We recognized and knew that many people would recognize this in their own collaborations, in their own teams, in their own scrum teams. And then I met Karen Dawson and Julie Hoffaker from DeeperFunner.com at the Liberating Structures Learning Gathering in Seattle. They are both very experienced conflict navigators and very warm and inspiring people in general. So while in Seattle, we decided to organize a workshop about conflict somewhere in 2019 in Amsterdam. And that happened together with Barry Overeem, my partner from The Liberators, and Daniel Steinhofer from Holisticon in Germany. This episode, as well as some of the upcoming ones, are inspired by this collaboration and this workshop. Enjoy! Now, I don't know about you, but I find conflicts fascinating. And that may be the organizational psychologist in me talking, or maybe just a facilitator who senses them in the groups that we work with. But the other part of me dreads them. They really scare me and they make me anxious and nervous. And when I'm engaged in a conflict with someone or with a group, my emotions can get the better of me and make me do and say things I later regret. One simple truth is that conflict is a natural part of working together with other people. Another truth is that our understanding of what conflict is and when we are in it is very limited and that makes it hard to effectively deal with them. If you ask someone what conflict is, they usually explain it in terms of a verbal dispute, of raised voices, slamming doors and angry faces. But most of our conflicts are far less visible than that. They may not be explicitly expressed by those experiencing it, but they do influence the dynamics of a group. And either the whole group is aware of this, or at least some people are. And that is the proverbial elephant in the room. And when you don't see those elephants, or don't talk about them, it limits your ability as a team to grow and learn from it. But it also means that valuable energy is being siphoned into a conflict instead of working together. So what are some examples of those elephants that we're talking about? A while ago, we had the pleasure to work with Julie Hoffaker, Karen Dawson, and Daniel Steinhofer to prepare a workshop on how to navigate conflict more productively. And as a way to prepare, we started by creating a list of all the elephants that we have personal experience with. And I'll share some examples from this list because I think it gives you a good idea of how varied and diverse conflicts are, but also how some conflicts are very visible, but most conflicts are not. So the first example of an elephant is a blame game, where one person or group feels they are unsuccessful because they're not getting what they need from the others. While those others in turn can believe that the person or group is not succeeding because they lack the commitment or skill. Now this can be a very active conflict where people express the blame, but they can also just think 
about it or gossip about it with each other, but not talk about it. So that already makes it a conflict. Another example of an elephant is when one group or person claims most of the airtime during meetings by going on and on about something they think or feel or care about, while others are bothered by that and remain silent or don't share what they really think or feel as a result. Another example is when people step on each other's toes due to a lack of clarity in how roles and responsibilities are distributed or because people are not stepping up according to some in the group and the resulting frustration from that. Another example is when people in a group feel they're contributing more than the others. And this is usually a re result because it's hard to see how much people are actually contributing. And because the system can't see itself, everyone can easily feel that they are contributing a bigger share or working harder than the others. Another example of a conflict is when people or groups bask in the light of someone they hold in high esteem, like a certain CEO or a manager, while others in the group feel neglected, unheard or unseen by that person. And finally, people or groups can feel that others are not fully honest about their motives. They may have a hidden agenda, or at, least, or at least that may appear to be the case. One common theme in all these examples of elephants and conflicts is that conflicts are essentially about our relative status in a group. Specifically, when we feel that our status is lowered or lower because others don't value us or our contributions. When there's disharmony in the social hierarchy of a group, this causes strong emotional responses in those experiencing that disharmony, like frustration, anger, fear, shame, sadness or anxiety, or even guilt. It's a good example of how our primate brains evolved to value social hierarchies and our position in them. And another characteristic is that conflicts are often unilateral in that they are experienced by one party but not the others. This also depends on our personal beliefs. What one person perceives as an attack on personal status may be perceived by another as a good and productive debate. So what's the problem? Some conflict is good, right? At least that's what many people believe. And maybe. But a lot of research has gone into exploring how groups can deal with conflicts productively. In a large meta-study of 30 scientific studies that explored the effects of task and relational conflict in teams, the researchers De Dreux and Weingart found that conflict has a strong negative impact on team performance and work satisfaction. Another finding from their research was that the impact increases as the work becomes more complex. The study concluded that the common belief that conflict is good for teams is simply not supported by the data. The authors note that although a little conflict can be productive, they tend to quickly escalate and overload our ability to work together productively. So how do you surface the elephant? With most conflicts living just below the surface and still having a significant impact on our effectiveness as a group, we have to develop the skills and understanding on how to surface, address and navigate them. And that also requires that we change our beliefs that we may have about conflict. The first belief is that most conflicts, especially those living just below the surface, can be solved or resolved in the sense of arriving at a place where everyone involved is 100% happy and comfortable with the outcome. Therefore, a first step in learning to navigate conflict productively is to let go of the belief that all conflicts can and should be resolved. This is also why we emphasize that conflict can be navigated, not necessarily resolved. 
The second belief is that conflict is a natural part of human collaboration. It happens to everyone, no matter how skilled you are, how nonviolent your communication is, and how considerate you are of others. Conflict in itself is not a bad thing or something that you should avoid. In fact, conflict is a great source of learning and of growth, provided that you learn from it and how to navigate it productively. Third, conflicts don't disappear when we choose to ignore or avoid them. Overwhelmingly, research shows that open-minded conversation is the best way forward. And this is hard. It requires that we learn how to develop and express our ideas and emotions, that we understand and empathize with other views, that we integrate and create new ideas together, and that we have to agree to implement relevant solutions. And finally, although not all conflicts can be truly solved in the sense of finding a solution, often the act of talking about it openly and showing the effect it has on us is an important step forward in its own right. And yes, this will be messy and difficult, no matter how skilled you are. And that's fine. Although surfacing elephants can be messy, difficult work, it rewards teams with growth and learning when done productively. Bringing an elephant to the surface also frees up significant psychological resources. Instead of complaining about their teammates at the dinner table, team members can redirect that energy into solving problems, coming up with new ideas and rejuvenating outside of work. Teams that learn how to surface elephants can dance with conflict instead of running away from it. If you're eager to know more about conflict or how to help yourself and groups navigate it more productively, then check out the workshop Addressing the Elephant. It's a workshop that we host every now and then. There's one coming up in October this year, provided at least that the COVID crisis allows us to do it. But this workshop is hosted by Barry and me from The Liberators, together with Karen Dawson and Julie Hoffaker from deeperfunner.com. And Karen and Julie are exceptionally good at navigating conflict. They're very inspiring. Um, and it's very interesting to learn from them. So we happily invite you to join that workshop. And it's also good to know that the four of us are huge fans of liberating structures. We're all very active in the community. So we'll use a lot of liberating structures in this workshop to, to talk about conflict, but also to surface conflict and learn how to surface and navigate it within the groups that you work with. So it's a very practical hands-on workshop. That's a lot of fun, at least based on the feedback that, and the experiences from the participants from last year. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can check it out. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you learned something new about conflict and how to better navigate it. I also want to thank the patrons for making this episode possible. If you like the content that we create, like the podcasts or blog posts, the meetups that we organize, please consider becoming a patron as well. It's a very simple way to support Barry and me to create more of it. I'll put the link in the show notes. Other than that, I really want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a great day and I hope to see you again for the next episode. Have a great day.